were silent. They didn't, didn't say anything about the mandates and the restrictions. And I thought, you know what? I can do better. I think I can do a lot better than them. So that's why I jumped into this. We're in a, a serious situation in Ontario. I want to be for the people. I want to listen to them and their needs and act on that and support them in any way that I can. It's a learning process for me and I'm still growing. I'm a nurse, I'm a cook. I'm <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there are so many. Moms wear so many hats and uh, I think sometimes as society we forget about that. Um, moms are so important and so are dads and yeah. they are, sometimes they're left out too, you know, and I think we've got to remember that dads are important. Our kids need our dads. When you have a baby, it, it just brings out love that you never thought that you had before. Grace gives me hope. There you go. Well, this is your favorite life in the Barry community. Thank you, Grace Dean, and good luck. All you need, you show up, living. pay attention, Your participate. Favorite la 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 life, la 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 life. Namaste, welcome to your favorite life. I'm Jeffasaurus Rex, and my goal is to bring you conversations of growth, adventure, and creativity. Hopefully we can shine some light on your path to your favorite life. I'd like to give a shout out to a good friend of mine and the sponsor of this show, Derek Clugston, who's a real estate agent through the Simcoe region and works through Zolo. Derek makes buying and selling your home a smooth and stress-free transition. Thank you, Derek. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Grace Dean a new member of the Ontario party who was seeking election in provincial parliament to represent Barry Innisville. Grace is pleased to be part of the Ontario party's freedom movement that puts freedom, family, and faith above all else. She's a strong believer of Canada's charter of rights and freedoms and how they must never be trampled on. Grace has spent her life assisting a variety of people with their careers, by finding meaningful employment, as well as improving their quality of life. I hope you enjoy this conversation as we learn more about Grace and how she's never stopped growing in life and her hope for a brighter future in Canada. Okay, you ready to rock? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. So, welcome everybody. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Grace Dean, and she is a community member from Barry Innisville, Simcoe region, and she's running in the Barry Innisville riding with the new Ontario Party. This is, it, yes, it is Ontario Party, yep. Excellent, and um, I'm really happy that we have this opportunity to talk. I saw you give a little speech at a community meeting that. I was a part of, and it was really inspiring. You had a lot of energy, and I think in today's world right now, it's a, 
a little bit hard to find that energy when uh, we're constantly being pushed down. So mm -hmm. kudos to you for uh, stepping out of your comfort zone, as you said, and yeah, trying something new yeah. and um, helping community. And sorry, everybody, round of applause for Grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why don't you just tell me a little bit about um, you got into working with people with special needs early on in your life mm -hmm. and then with people in their careers and helping them um, improve their quality of life and their direction. Do you want to speak about? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I started when I was younger. Um, I uh, worked in a, a residential home um, as a night person um, and uh, supervised the, the children while they were sleeping. And they had uh, special needs, uh, emotional, uh, problems and uh, I got interested in that and when an opening came up uh, for another position uh, working with people who have special needs I, I jumped at it and I was hired and it just snowballed from there um, I ended up working with uh, various organizations um, the Ontario March of Dimes Canadian Mental Health Association and um, I enjoyed working with the people that, that had the needs. Um, I enjoyed uh, helping them to find uh, solutions to their employment um, needs. Um, it's, it's, it's quite rewarding when you find that people are getting jobs because you're helping them. Um, you're helping them with interviewing skills, critiquing their resumes, and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very, um, I, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. Um, I learned a lot from them, um, and I know the challenges that they have too, and I can understand uh, how they feel with those challenges, and uh, I can support them in those challenges. Yeah, good for you. So actually my next question would be, who helped you or how did you find your way into working with people with special needs and with their careers? So it's, you know, you understand my question? Like who guided you in that direction? I would have to say, um, when I was younger, I would have to say um, Malcolm Savage. Um, he was, uh, he encouraged me uh, to apply for the job at the residential setting. And he suggested in order to get that job that I would go and uh, do some volunteer work at a school that had people with, uh, children with disabilities. So that's what I did. And it worked out well for me. And I realized um, that I enjoyed working with the children. I enjoyed working with the teachers as well. And uh, when the opportunity came, um, I was able to apply for that job at the residential setting. And uh, Malcolm hired me. So um, I give him credit for that. Excellent. It's like he must have seen in you a particular quality and felt like you would benefit working with 
that population mm -hmm. and now you're doing that for other people or have done that for other yeah. people yeah you probably did that for a while and now you're taking on a another new task that's the common thread that you're you like to try different things in life right well yeah yeah and this is uh being a candidate right now is is really out of my comfort zone um i wasn't sure that that i should be doing this but um when i was i was sitting on the sidelines just watching what was happening to our province um the ford government was just actually destroying uh, people's lives. That's, that's the only way I can put it. Um, I was very upset about that and I thought, you know, when I think of the MPPs and the MPs, um, they were silent throughout the two years of this COVID. They were silent. They didn't, didn't say anything about the mandates and the restrictions and I thought, you know what, I can do better. I think I can do a lot better than them. So that's why I jumped into this. Um, like I say, I'm out of my comfort zone, but I do have a great team working with me, uh, the Ontario Party. They've been absolutely great. They're very supportive. And I have volunteers that I just, they're, they're just amazing. And uh, so I have all that support with me and my family supports me as well. Great answer. And actually, I'd love to comment on that. You said you may not be totally sure this is the right thing to be doing for you right now. However, there's a part of you that feels strongly like you need to do something. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing something brand new, sometimes it's hard to find that certainty at the beginning. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that because you're new to it, you have a whole team around you, though and that's gonna support you. And everyone is new at some point, right? And bless all of our um, local leaders and politicians who during their terms have done their best. I always like to think that people do their best. Now, when these unprecedented times come about, sometimes different actions need to be taken like standing up and speaking up and different types of people need to stand up like mm -hmm. yourself and maybe these other leaders who like you said were quiet maybe they don't have that part of them developed yet where during this communal stress they're not able to stand up and speak up and don't want to blame them it's just maybe that's just not a quality they have so it's good that people like yourself are are joining and trying to fill a gap so, mm -hmm. yeah, do you want to speak about the Ontario Party and maybe some of the things that they're looking to help with? Mm -hmm. And I know free speech is one of them. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're for free, free speech. Um, Derek Sloan, uh, he is the leader of the Ontario Party, and uh, he is going to require that employers, as you know, uh, a lot of employees um, refused to take the jab, um, and they were fired, or, or you know. And he he is going to require that employers hire those those employees back. I think that's really important. Um, a lot of families are suffering. 
um, they're in a bad way, and I think the government had better pay attention to that. Um, also, people who have been uh, seriously injured by taking the jab after you know having taking it, um, the government or Derek Sloan is going to uh, support them in any um, uh, court proceedings uh, to sue any government officials, um, anyone that's had anything to do with, with these jabs. So um, if someone has been uh, injured by these, these, uh, this vaccination, uh, you will get the support from, from Derek Sloan, the That's Ontario great. party, yeah. What, is, what are some things that you've learned during your new journey of stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something new? Like, is there anything specific you've learned and grown? I'm still grow growing. Of course, yeah. <laughs> there, this, is, this is totally new to me. Um, all I can say is that um, I've, I've learned a lot from uh, some of the volunteers. Um, I've learned a lot from the party itself. Um, this is politics and it's a totally different new world. Uh, it's a new world and I'm, I've never been that involved in politics. Like if you had told me a year ago that I was gonna be doing this, I would have said you're nuts. I'm, there's no way. But just a few months ago, it was just, you know, this, this is something that I needed to do. But it's a learning process for me and I'm still growing. I can't say for sure that I've, I've uh, learned a whole lot. I have learned a little bit, but I still have a lot of learning to go. Um, small steps. Yeah, right. exactly, small steps. And uh, I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm, I'm not a politician. I, I don't want to be a politician. I want to be for the people. I don't want to play the games. Yeah. I want to be for the people. I want to listen to them and their needs and act on that and support them in any way that I can. Yeah, that's great. And I don't think it would make sense if everyone running was a politician and had a political degree because you need other people who live in your community, who are your neighbors, who do different things, like they take care of the roads and they teach dragon boating for the community <laughs> like myself. And yeah. you, know, you know, you need those people's um, contributions and ways of thinking too and I think it's really important to you know there's eight billion people in the world and trying to agree on some of the same things it's if you can't you won't be able to do that you have to find some way to find a middle ground and meet in the middle and like you're saying is mm -hmm. and listen to them and yeah. say and support them in any way you can and because I used to be a referee and I think a politician is kind of like a referee is you know no matter what decision you make you're going to upset somebody so mm -hmm. how do you how do you meet in the middle you try and be as fair as possible and mm -hmm. before the people and be transparent and 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good for you. It's inspiring. How about we speak about Do you want to talk a little bit about something from your career, like helping people with their careers again and like joy you've gotten out of that, like any specific story of helping uh, find the potential in people? I, I feel like when I read your questionnaire about helping people see the best in themselves, you acted mm -hmm. like a mirror. Yeah. And sometimes we can't see that as ourselves whereas we need someone to look at us from an objective perspective. Do you have any? Well, um, there have been so many uh, clients that I've had that, that I've helped. And you know, not, not all stories are happy stories. Um, they've had issues, you know, and things just didn't work out for them. And maybe that was not the proper time for them to be looking for a job. Maybe they need to get, needed to get the help that they needed, right? Um, I remember um, I just overheard a client one day talking to uh, one of the counselors in their, their group session. All of a sudden he said, grace gives me hope. And it just melted my heart. You know, it just made me feel so good inside that I gave this guy some hope. And that to me meant so much that I was doing my job. You know, and um, I'll never forget that. It, it's a little thing, but I will never forget it. Great story, mm -hmm. yeah. In a world that's always trying to push us down, mm -hmm. it, it can be difficult to be optimistic. Yeah. And yeah, great story. What else do we want to talk about? You want to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> You did say maybe it wasn't the right time for some of those people in the directions they'd taken. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what you said about if you thought last year if you'd be running in the election, you would have said, no way, Jose. Mm -hmm. However, that wasn't the right time for you. And something you know, got you not just to stand up off the couch when you're watching what's happening, and join some communities and listen to different people and ask questions. But you also spoke up too. You know, not that everyone needs to speak up. There's different paths. Mm -hmm. That's something, a quality you have. Maybe we can, maybe you want to tell me where that power in your, your voice come from, came from. Because yeah, you gave a really beautiful speech. It was very energizing. And where, where does that come from? It's conviction. Like, I know when something is wrong, I, I think I've always been like that ever since I was a kid. If, if something is wrong, then it's wrong and it needs to be dealt with, you know? And I think that's where I got it from. Um, I think my faith in God also um, has brought that out. I can't do this without God's help. There's just no way, because I'm just not strong enough. But my strength comes from God, and uh, I believe that's where you know the conviction comes. Um, people are being hurt. Uh, families are being destroyed. 
people have died unnecessarily because they have not been given the proper treatments for COVID. And unnoticed. And unnoticed, yeah. And that angers me with a righteous anger, I might add. And it should anger everyone that this is going on and it should not be going on. I'm starting to get passionate now. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And I, my, my grandma's been in the hospital for about four or five months, oh. long story. And unfortunately, like, I'm not allowed to go see her. And that shouldn't be. You know, hopefully they'll let her come outside and when I can see her now that it's warmer out. Mm -hmm. But it's things, little things like that where I'm like, okay, like I've given it three months. Now it's been four months. It's like, what, where, where's the end date? Yeah. Like, when can I see my grandma? Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, there's just little things like that that go unnoticed. And I'm not the only one. There's so many different things with people losing their jobs right and that have gone unnoticed and pushed under the rug so mm -hmm. and people have there's an increase of suicides because they can't deal with they've lost hope and uh, this has got to stop and it stops with the Ontario party we'll deal with all this that's good yeah do you want to did you get closer to God creator uh, later on in your life or was this something because I asked you a question about something that impacted your life mm -hmm. or something significant that changed your perspective was there something specific that happened that brought you closer to God or Jesus and do well I, um, or did you grow up I, well I, I grew up in a, uh, a family um, a Christian Christian family went to church every Sunday and everything and I knew all the scriptures, I knew, you know, all the terminology and all that stuff, but I did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, even though I, it was like an act, and people thought I was a Christian, and I knew deep down I wasn't, but I went along with everything. Um, I um, came to a point in my life that um, I needed, I needed God. It was just uh, a conviction in my heart that I needed the Lord. But before that, and I'll touch on this, um, I am pro-life, and the reason being is that I've had an abortion when I was 23 years old. It was the worst thing that I could have done. I was selfish. And I only thought of myself. I, um, when I found out I was pregnant, first thing I thought, abortion. I am not going to get married. I am not going to have my life interrupted because I had started a new career working with people who have special needs, and I did not want to lose that. And that's the, my mindset at that time. I thought I'd lose everything if I kept the baby, right? That was a wrong thinking. That was just wrong thinking. But anyway, I went forward with the, the abortion. Um, I lied to my parents. I said I had a cyst removed. They went to their graves thinking that I had a cyst removed. Fast forward to 2012. Um, 
even though after a couple of years after the abortion, I came to know Jesus as my, my savior. So that happened. And I went on with life, but this, this lie was still there. I had never told my family that I had had an abortion, but that lie was there. And um, finally in 2012, um, I started having um, triggers, triggers of memories, and it was just, just incredible. It was amazing. And I thought, could this be about the abortion? Because I, I had forgotten about it. I didn't, I didn't want to think about it, and I, I just forgot about it. And it just occurred to me that this might have something to do with, with my abortion. I couldn't remember what month I had the abortion. I knew it was a Friday, but I didn't know the date. That's all, because I wanted to wipe it out of my mind. So anyway, um, long story short, um, these triggers kept happening, and I realized that I needed counseling because I was in a very dark, dark way. Um, it was considered post-abortion stress syndrome, and that's what I was going through. And I, I went through it for several years. I did tell my family about it, after all, although my parents had passed away, but my sister and my brothers, and they, they all know. And they're, they're very, they were shocked because Grace, you know, she was a good kid. You know, she didn't do those things. And uh, they were shocked, but they were very supportive and very forgiving. So, um, good word, forgiving. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a hard time forgiving myself. I, it was a process for me. Um, I, I couldn't understand. You know, I said, God, I'm sorry that I did that. I said, but I kept having all these these flashbacks and, and, and just depression and even thoughts of suicide and I couldn't understand and the counselor one day said to me, well the first time I met the counselor she said, God's not doing this to you and if it's not God doing it then who's doing it to you? Because you have already asked God's forgiveness and he has so what's going on? So I, I realized that it was really Satan that was attacking my mind which he does attack the mind. And that was the beginning of my healing right there. I knew where this was coming from and I could deal with it. God helped me to deal with it and that's. So I'm, I'm a pro-life person and um, what I did was murder um, and it was a selfish act. Yeah, interesting story I, and I was doing a bit of research. Thanks for sharing that That's, and uh, forgiving yourself. And, and um, Well, I hope it helps somebody out there. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to be as mindful as I can. Yeah, I just want to be mindful when I speak about this because when I was doing research with the Ontario Party, it talked about some sort of rule maybe you can briefly comment on this that did they put up a rule that they're not allowed to have protests at abortion clinics it's a bubble zone 
Yeah, it's so a, what, maybe you could just enlighten me what that. Uh, well, it's it has to do with free speech. Um, they don't want um, anyone speaking to anyone who's thinking about having an abortion outside the clinics or the hospital. So they put a pub bubble zone out so that you're prevented from uh, speaking to uh, anyone who's thinking about having abortion. So, so bubble zone as in like at a clinic, there's a, a certain uh, space where people can't, if, if you're walking up to clinic, you can't go and talk to them. That's right, yeah. Okay. So it's a bubble So kind of thing. let me comment on that because that's new for me. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was kind of like, yeah, like we should leave those people alone. Like mm -hmm. it's their body, like let them decide. However, like in light of what's happened in Ottawa with like free speech and protesting i'm glad i did see the other side of it i'm always trying you know see the other side because for me at least i took from it was as long as it's you know it's peaceful protesting mm -hmm. right or right. or peaceful information if because some people may be very young and maybe they're 19 years old and yeah, if that's their decision and they want to go through with it, then I have to respect and let them make their decision. Now, I, I have noticed this trend in life where we don't ask for help and we don't always ask for feedback. We tend to get criticized a lot. However, like we tend not to open ourselves up and to people we trust even and say, hey, like I wrote this song. Can you tell me what you think about it? Or do you think I'm... I should be working with people with special needs or whatever it may be, like asking for help. So I think with the Ontario party is they're trying to establish, get rid of the bubble, I guess. And is that correct? Well, yeah, it, yeah they're going to repeal that. And uh, like we're for, for free speech. You know? Exactly. And yeah. it's not attacking these these young girls as they go. It's not attacking, and and the media gets it wrong all the time. Yeah. Um, kind of <laughs> like when I looked at it, it was like yeah. that was my first thought of like, oh, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, like, why would they have? Why would they want to get rid of this bubble? Mm -hmm. But I took a, you know that was your first thought, and then you have to okay, hold on a second, hold your horses. Yeah. Like, let's make sure we. Like you said, because the media can skew things, and mm -hmm. and I yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to point oh, out, yeah, the young girls like, again, maybe they don't ask for help, and make sure that they have enough support and information, as long as it's done in a right. peaceful, free speech way. Yeah, exactly. And and um, uh, the information they're not getting the proper information. So so maybe you know, if they had the proper information maybe thought that baby could be saved and put up for adoption and that's another thing um, the Ontario party is going to make it a lot easier for adoption a lot easier now. that's interesting yeah again this topic is new for me so mm -hmm. our listeners uh, be kind and yeah I, I was interested in that too with adoption is it can be quite pricey mm -hmm. so you know, why is it so expensive to help a human being exactly. who doesn't yeah. have any parents? And go and through again, red I don't tape. Know, I don't know the other side of that. It's like, mm. oh, well, like all these costs and these are the reasons which I'd like to learn about. Mm -hmm. However, it seems kind of strange um, that it's 
astronomically expensive. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And a lot of red tape, you know, needlessly. And, and um, those babies could have a nice home, you know. And parents who are, are wishing they could have a child that can't have a child, they're just wanting one so badly when right. they could, you know. That too, good that's home. a good point. Yeah. Yeah, people who can't or have a hard time having kids, and mm -hmm. then it's even harder to... I don't want to say purchase a kid, but you know, help a, help a child yeah. and bring yeah. them into your home, into your family, mm -hmm. and maybe we can segue. Unless you wanted to say anything else on that no. topic, no, maybe we can segue to family a little bit. And you have a son, and do you have more kids? I have a son. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to give me a specific story or anything. But I'm just curious, as a mother. What could you share? Because I think this is kind of stuff we don't really talk about too publicly either, except for maybe our close friends. What could you share about being a mother throughout your life that you've had to change as a person and adapt and many things, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, I'd love to hear what being a mother means to you and how maybe something you've had to navigate being a parent, like I said, many things, I'm sure. Um, anything stand out for you? Or? I'm a nurse. I'm a cook. <laughs> I'm <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there are so many. Moms wear so many hats. And uh, I think sometimes as society, we forget about that. Um, moms are so important. And so are dads. And yeah. they are, sometimes they're left out too, you know, and I think we've got to remember that dads are important. Our kids need our dads. Um, for me, um, it was um, a joy to have, he's a, he's a sweetheart, he's 36 years old, he's <laughs> still a sweetheart, uh, and he's married, and um, for, for me it was, um, I had to learn so much from him. Um, actually, you know, um, he, he's so bright that I learned a lot from him. I have a lot of um, love for him. Um, I think that's something when, when you have a baby, it, it just brings out love that you never thought that you had before. Uh, there's just something about a baby when you have one. And uh, I mean, I made mistakes with him. I, you know, I, I was the disciplinarian in the family, my husband not so much. And uh, I disciplined him and sometimes I maybe shouldn't have disciplined him, you know. Um, but he did grow up to be a fine young man. And uh, I'm very proud of what he's achieved. Um, I tried to do the, my best with him. And uh, I know I failed in areas, but no parent is perfect. Like, my parents weren't perfect. I still love them. Um, I got my bottom spanked a few times. And my son, he got his bottom spanked a few times, so, and it never hurt him. Like, I mean, <laughs> he grew up to be a good, good kid. I, I've made mistakes, but overall, he turned out to be a good kid. Great answer, yeah. 
no no parent is perfect and the way your your parents discipline you or work with you you know you kind of navigate what worked and what you didn't like and if you can change and be better to your own kids and the story goes on and on right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the love that you didn't know you had like caring for other people and I guess if you're able to find that love without having a child is like special too whether it's a love for God creator and mm-hmm. uh, or love for nature and just for your community and neighbors and you spoke about how in community and in family it's important for us to be accepted for who we are and in the last couple years yeah a lot of us have felt excluded and ostracized exactly and it seems very unfair and so I'm happy that you're speaking to new people and helping them voice their concerns because yeah it's not easy to voice our concerns ourselves sometimes mm-hmm. when we're new to it so we need support and that's what community is all about right and right right do you want to talk a bit about you have another appointment after this um i'm supposed to uh, meet my volunteers to uh, get the word out somehow. <laughs> yeah, bless our volunteers. Right? Oh, I, that's like the love right there. Yeah, they're the engine that drives my campaign. Yeah, I would not know what to do without them. I, I'd be nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, they they're on top of everything. Um, they were with me at the um, Victory Center that night when I did the speech. And I was sitting there and I had them sitting beside me. Um, I thought, I was thinking, wow, you know, I'm really blessed to have these these guys with me. (laughs) Yeah, they're great. Yeah, you know what I just realized is in such a fast-paced world where we're working eight, nine hours a day, especially if it's a physical job, or a desk job and you're at a computer all day. It's very taxing on our minds and our bodies. Then you come home and if you're a parent and you got play nurse and wear all the hats or, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, maybe you wanna go out to book club with your friends, right? Life is pretty busy. And so it is difficult to find time to volunteer and, and to want to volunteer because like you need to pay your bills and especially in a world where we're like losing our jobs Mm -hmm. and so it's like bless people who have the energy and space to volunteer and not that if you're not volunteering like you're not doing something right it's just maybe not the time for you and when the space frees up Mm -hmm. see if uh, you can find avenues for that Um, because it's kind of like that love you spoke about as a parent that Mm -hmm. you know when you volunteer and don't expect things in return yeah yeah i like I said, I, I don't know what I'd do without them. I know their lives are busy. Um, you know, they have other uh, things that they need to be doing for their families and whatnot, but they, they find the time to help me. And I can't thank them enough uh, for their help. Um, 
I don't think they realize how much I appreciate. I appreciate each and every one of them. Excellent. I just realized that we're both volunteering our time uh, to do this episode. Yeah. There was no uh, monetary exchange uh, <laughs> just for the audience to know yeah. that. But yeah, so um, yeah, bless volunteers. And since you got to go soon, right? Yeah. Maybe let's ask you one, one more question. Do you, can I ask, do you have a little more time? Or? Yeah, sure, sure. Maybe you just touch on a hobby of yours, which is writing and directing plays, mm-hmm. things you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've acted in some plays. Mm-hmm. Do you want to touch on how you got into that and what, how the, what that brings into your life? Um, I, I really can't tell you how it, it started. It's always been in me. Um, I've always liked writing, um, writing stories or, you know, just just writing letters even. I, I like doing things like that. And I just um, decided that uh, churches needed more plays, more involvement in that kind of, to make the Bible come to life kind of thing. Cool. Um, so I, I started uh, writing plays and, um, uh, and uh, I had actors and actresses and uh, Sometimes I would have to fill in an act because, for whatever reason, an actor or actress wasn't able to, to do it. But More uh, hats? Yeah, more hats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it was an opportunity, too, not just to put on a play, but to have a community together um, doing something positive within the church community. Um, people becoming friends with different people. It was a, a, a growing process kind of thing. Um, I think it was good for the morale of, um, of the church as well because they knew, oh, there's a play coming, we wanna come and see it. Um, and, and there are you know challenges along the way. Nothing goes smoothly, it never does, but, but um, it, it, uh, it worked out. Um, I've done about five plays so far, and uh, I'm, there's one play that I'm just dying to do, and uh, it's called By Invitation Only, and it's, it's totally different. It's the best play I've ever made, done, or written, and uh, I just haven't had a chance to, uh, to uh, direct it or put it on because of COVID, and that's the, the problem right there. <laughs> Wonderful. Good for you. I like yeah. what you said. Bringing it to life. Yeah. Being creative. Yeah. Yeah. It's like writing a song, making mm-hmm. a music video, playing it on stage, sharing the story, mm-hmm. connecting with the community. It sounds like the church. What is the church that you go to? What well, right? I'm I'm going to Innisfil Community Church. Um, a couple of years ago, before the COVID started, we we put on a play, and um, it was. I like to deal with um, issues of today, the, the issues that are going on today. Um, the, this play was basically a Christmas play, but it was fun. It was a fun-loving play, and yet um, we, we touched on the, the birth of Jesus Christ, and um, it, was, it was totally different. We, it was, it was well-received, um, yeah. But the, the next one I want to do is by invitation only because it's just
just amazing. I, I love it, and I think it's a God thing. And uh, but unfortunately, we haven't been able to do it because of. Uh, you you will. <laughs> you will. Yeah, wonderful. Good for you for. Like I said. Not afraid to try new hats in life, and working with art can be very moving and finding community in church and getting off the sidelines and running with the Ontario party. It's really inspiring and just want to thank you again for mm -hmm. um, meeting here today with me and sharing me your story. And is there any way people can connect with you? What's the best way to connect with you or the Ontario Party if they want to learn more information and maybe they want to help too? Well, you can uh, go to gracedean.ca. That's our website. And all information is right there. It's very simple, gracedean.ca. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, in closing, do you want to leave the listeners with anything or... Well, um, this is a serious time right now we're living in, and uh, we really have to be careful um, about who we're voting for or what party we're voting for. And I would suggest that you, you do your research. The days of um, voting because grandma and grandpa voted this way, voted this party for years and years, is gone. We can't do that anymore. Good advice. We're, we're in a, a serious situation in Ontario. And if, um, I, I'll say this, a vote for Doug Ford is a vote for Justin Trudeau. And we know what Justin Trudeau has done to this country. And uh, Doug Ford has followed along with him. So this is serious business. If, if Doug Ford gets in again, I really worry about Ontario. He's going to bring in the digital ID this fall. That means government will have access to your personal information. Remember what they did to the truckers? They froze the truckers' bank accounts, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, the federal government uh, tracked 30, minute, 30 million Canadians uh, to, to ensure that uh, we all uh, obeyed the uh, mandates of lockdowns. We don't want that. We want our freedom back. And if, you, if, if Doug Ford gets in again, our freedoms are gone because he will follow along with Justin Trudeau. So please be very careful who you vote for. Please vote for the Ontario Party. We are for you. We are not against you. We are for you. Nicely said. Grace Dean from the Barry Innesville Riding with the Ontario Party. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And just want to give a shout out to Grace for standing up and helping people speak their voices and listening to others' concerns. And a shout out to all the other people in the last couple of years 
who have stepped up, especially in the Barry community. Shalu at Simmering Kettle. Oh, yeah, she's wonderful. She's yeah, amazing. And, and the Lighthouse on Wednesday nights. Yeah. If uh, you want to connect with another community, with Michelle and Jamie and all of those great folks, lovely community. And Samantha, High Vibrations. A lot of people who are really wanting to connect with community these days. And don't be afraid to ask questions in life and try something new. That's right, yeah. And I was just thinking of saying, yeah, take it one stride at a time. And like Grace said, maybe you can just leave us with that quote, the hope, what, what you're, uh, the person you worked with oh, said to you. Grace gives me hope. There you go. Well, this is your favorite life in the Barry community. Thank you, Grace Dean, and good luck. And do what you're doing, and you'll do great. Great. Be, you, I'm proud of you, and you should be very proud of you yourself. Well, so. Thank you for thank, having me. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs>